This is Rumble's Trip by Merrick Heilman. I came back as a bag of groceries accidentally taken off the shelf before the date stepped on back. So... Are you afraid of anything? <sighs> oh, yeah. I mean, all the things. Falling over. Okay. Saying something that's truly offensive. You know, just like saying something stupid on stage that I don't mean because I'm not thinking and like that sort of stuff. I can move her voice. Ready? Falling. Did I say falling already? Falling. Yeah. I hate it old plane that we fall. You met me. Who's gonna leave early so swiftly? That's Amelia Meath, and you're listening to Amelia and Nick Sanborn, who are Sylvan Esso, which is a really, really good band from Durham, North Carolina. The first time I learned of Amelia Meath, it was in an email exchange with her. She'd written me a really nice note about Rumble Strip, and she said, really offhandedly, Oh, by the way, P.S., I'm in a couple of bands. Mostly I don't listen to music because some music gets me all emotional in ways I'm not prepared for. But I looked her up anyway, and then I spent the rest of that night listening to every version of every Sylvan Esso song I could find, really loud and over and over, like I was 12. It's this incredible mix of instrumental sound and electrostatic and pulses and toy pianos, and a voice that makes you believe in God, or at least it did me when I was standing in the dark in my living room and listening on that first night. Ever since their first single in 2013, Sylvan Esso has gotten famous pretty fast, and they tour all over the world. Last month they played in Burlington, and I spent a rainy day talking with Amelia and Nick in their tour bus about their music and about making music with someone else and living on tour and what it feels like to be all famous suddenly. And since this is a show about a band, I have the rare luxury of playing songs. So think of this as a kind of musical, or a concert, or a musical concert. Here's Sylvanesso. Welcome. I was gonna die young. show is waiting and trying to wake my body up as much as possible and then during a show is pure reaction to the audience and of course you have to constantly be pushing it towards the positive 
but you know, sometimes I'm singing a song and I'm feeling my feelings and like, and being very vulnerable. And then I see someone texting in the front row and I get it. You got to tell your mom about something. Have a great shower, Martini. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We played a show in Toronto, and there was this one guy in the audience. And it was obviously his get-off, because he did it to our amazing opener, Lucy, as well. Right as she was beginning a song, he yelled, take your pants off. Which... Like, I've had my fair share of of experiencing that sort of stuff. But, um, take your pants off is a crazy thing to say. Because, like, first of all, it's really hard to do. That How how would you take your pants? Like, if, particularly if you're holding a guitar. So, like, for the first three or four songs, there I was on autopilot just thinking about, like, what am I going to say to this take your pants off guy? You know, there's times where it's like, people yelling shit or uh you know what i think especially having a woman in the band there's like a wide open i mean you know women deal with an extraordinary amount of abuse constantly and so that's another thing that has uh you know our fans are awesome so that happens almost never but you know like just a couple nights ago like there was a guy that was a problem um there's a whole relationship you have with an audience when you're opening for a band that they're waiting to see and you are just you are just the thing that's preventing them from seeing my morning jacket or Bon Iver or whoever, you know, like some way better band than you that they are like, that's the reason I'm here. I that's like my favorite audience because then it's like, I'm gonna make you like this. Like <laughs> you don't think that we're on the same page, but by the end of this set, we you are gonna agree with me. <laughs> I think a performance is a great way for a bunch of human beings to all channel their energy in one direction, you know, and channel their focus in one direction. Um, and, and when you wrap all those things together, I think it's always greater than the sum of its parts, you know, so this beautiful extra human thing happens. You know, there's nights where I feel like us and the audience are completely on the same page. We have focused the thing. It's, it's all happening everybody's in agreement. Everyone's saying, yes, we all know where we want to go. Uh, and then there's other nights where I feel like I'm at uh, like a high school football game that people where nobody came to really watch the football game. And you're just there. Cause like, Oh, this, I heard this might be cool. So I can look down and see five kids right up front, like singing along and like losing their minds. And then I can look two people behind them and it's two people looking at each other. Just being like, no, Carla and Frank broke up that. Can you believe that? Like, <laughs> And I hear that moment, you know, <laughs> and like, that's not, I don't hate it. It's just like, oh, okay, well, this is not, we're not all, we don't all think this is about the same thing. <laughs> all right. Uh, what else do you want to do? Ah. Feels pretty good. Yeah, we could, we could do, should we do a rewind or? A... Do you have... Do you have relationships with people in the crowd over the course of a night? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Who, who, who did you fall in love with last? Uh, let's see. Last night there was, there was one girl sitting on the sub, like leaning on it, and her boyfriend was really not interested in the show. 
And there was a moment during the show where she looked up at me and like one tear <laughs> fell. You do have these really intimate moments with so many different people. Can you talk a little bit about conflict management in a close musical relationship like this? How do you do it? I'm not very old, but the older I get, the more I realize that it's the exact same as a personal relationship, which is you just have to fight about the thing and have the fight be about exactly what it's about and not something else that you're not talking about. So if you're upset about something or something frustrates you, right away saying, I don't like that. Because otherwise, you let those things, you're like, oh, fucking so-and-so didn't want And then, you know, 15 infractions down the road, you're upset about one thing, but it's not. It's about this overarching problem that you see, you know? So it's, it's, I think that's a crucial thing. In terms of supporting each other and hearing each other and moving, like, being able to have a healthy relationship that is both creative and familial, familial, bandmate e. You just got to get really good at fighting. You can't be a wimp and you can't give up, but you have to be able to say what you mean. So it takes a lot of work to be able to figure out what it is that's actually going on and then be like, oh, you know what it was? I came up with a really great joke and then you told it like it was your joke. It was not your joke. Or, uh, why do you leave your yogurt cups on the, on the studio table? There are five of them here. Did you eat five yogurts today? What about differences of, of musical aesthetic or opinion or what if, what if, I mean, because a hard thing is when somebody loves something and you don't. That's more... Well, I think that's the nice part about me and Amelia is that what, like a baseline rule for our band is we both have to love it. So if only one of us loves it, like let's say I hate something and Amelia loves it. I will argue that it sucks. <laughs> You know, and I'll I'll try to point out why I think it sucks and how it could be better. But if she's like, this is my thing. This is so good. Like, let me find it. You know, then you have to say, okay, great. And like, wait for the open yourself up to the possibility that you are super wrong about this. (laughs) You know, is there a song that that developed out of a that that didn't radio? I, I didn't like what she wrote for radio at all when she first sang it when i wrote the main chord progression and beat for that song i heard it in a very i heard it being a certain kind of song and i that's what i assumed that she would hear when i played it for her and that she would write something that fit with this thing that i already had in my head which i think we do constantly to the people that we care about you know I made this thing, I'm projecting my desire for it onto you, and now you should give that back to me. (laughs) So when she wrote something that reflected her experience and how she heard that, um, it was not at all what I was thinking it was going to be, and I was kind of like shitty about it for a while. I was kind of like, I just don't, I think, I don't think this is it. I don't think this is the thing. And she was like, you are so wrong about this. Like, this is the vibe. And so I backed off. I was like, let's record it. Let's live with it. And she was so right about that. And I was so wrong about it. She just reacted to and added to this thing that I had made in a way that I did not expect, which happens to us all the time in an awesome way. It's like my favorite parts about working with her is that 
one of us will make something and the other one's job is kind of to surprise the other one with what we bring back you know give me anybody's game at this point, you know? It was always in the car. Singing was always in the car, to the radio, in the Mazda. My mom, like every time I would try out a different affect, she would just be like, that's not your real voice. That's not, you don't sound like that. 
You could just sound like you. And it took a long time to figure out how to make that happen. It's like how I walk. You don't think about how you walk, but everyone's walk is very distinctive. You walk the way you walk. And I sing, I sing the way I sing. But it all it just goes back to the radio. I just practiced and sang all of the time because I loved to sing. Does your mother think it's you when you're singing now? Yes, she does. I think. I got all the parts I wished for. I got everything I need. Sometimes I'm above water, but mostly I'm at sea. Oh, it's like Johnny. Can't you see? There's so many rhythms and harmonies, and I'm walking the dog back. It's not like I got hurt or broken or ruined on the way. It's an ache and it shines through me. A swallow in a cage. Oh, it's like Johnny. Can't you see? There's so many rhythms and harmonies, and I'm walking the dog back. Is it a sign or just a landmine? Or a feeling roaming free. It's overtaken me. Gonna hold it till it dries up. Or pocket it for another day. If it's me, I cannot give up. I'd rather. That she stayed. Oh, it's like Johnny. Can't you see? There's so many rhythms and harmonies, and I'm walking the dog back. I got all the parts I've wished for. I got everything I need. Sometimes I but mostly I'm at sea Oh, it's like Johnny Can't you see? There's so many rhythms and harmonies And I'm walking the dog back How do you keep up with yourself before just the mere fact that 50 people were coming to a show would make me so high and that kept on growing steadily until we hit until we hit about a thousand and then like after that it's still amazing it's still amazing feeling that's the sound of 
Alicia tuning the PA. Um, it's still incredible to play to a large group of people, but doing well now isn't making me feel fulfilled anymore. What is doing well? I think what happened is that like with this new record, we transitioned from being a flash in the pan to having a career. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a career. But now, like, it's just normal in some ways. Like, I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to having this, like, magical job where I get to sing and dance. And it's, it's harder to be satisfied with. I get to do the thing that I've always wanted to do. How can you take it for granted? But at the same time, I kind of need to take it for granted. I'm trying to figure it out. What does it feel like to not worry about money for the first time? Gigantic relief. But, you know, I i don't do this because I make money. This is going to sound so fucking cliche, but I really don't do this because I make money. I do this because I'm. there's nothing, uh, there's no other thing I'm going to do. Like, I do this because I have to do this. Like, I, for years, would bartend and do the door at bars and, like, stay up till 4 a.m. cleaning ashtrays to save up enough money to go on tour for five weeks in my band to just lose it all and then come back and do the same thing. And I would still do that right now. Like, if all this went away tomorrow, that's what I would be doing. Like, when I'm talking with musician friends of mine um, who have stopped doing this, multi there's multiple versions of this same conversation that we kind of have, which is kind of like, well, well you did it. And I, I made this other decision. And... You know, ultimately, to me, that 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 comes back to that point where it's like, well, the only difference between you and me is that I just kept doing it. You you just stopped doing it, and I just kept doing it. We just made different decisions, and that's really the only difference. And like the success to me is like besides the point. The point is like the life decision. Right. What is your life going to be about? So like you when you get up, what do you want to do that day? And then okay, is that most days? Okay, then make then let's orbit around that. Don't let something else accidentally dictate the terms of your handful of hours on earth. You know what I mean? Which is an easy thing to do. It's so easy. Do you miss ever the kind of schlepping it van tours? Well, I can have that whenever I want. So. <laughs> but that shadow you know. of your life. You know what I'm well, saying? here's the thing. I mean, like, y yes, absolutely. I, I really, I mean, I love this. I would not trade this for anything. Say what but, this is. Yeah, so we're, sorry, we're in a, a, a bus. We have a wonderful crew. Um, you know, we can we can sell out, like, our whole tours. This is awesome. I am not worried about money for the first time in my entire life, you know. But there is a thing. I'm, I'm, I think I'm always going to miss our first few tours where it was just me and her in the car. It was us versus them, you know? And it was, you know, every night it was like this thing that we got to prove to people together. You know? Shall we, my love? Let's do it. All right. Are we meeting Rusty at the bottom of the stairs? Or? Rusty's right up here. All right. Sit, sit. Thank you for dealing with pushing yourselves in front of that ridiculous thing. <laughs> Shows are the same thing as church, you know, like, or like these ecstatic joy 
that we try to like pull out of the audience is the same thing as church. Are you able to describe what that feels like? Uh, joy. That was Amelia Meath and Nick Sanborn and their band, Sylvan Esso. To learn more about them, you can visit their website at sylvanesso.com. If you like the show, it would be great if you could just find a minute to make a comment on iTunes, which helps new listeners find the show. And if you want to make a donation, that would also be great. There's a green donate button in the top right-hand corner of my website, which is rumblestripvermont.com. This is Erica Heilman with Rumble Strip. Thanks for listening. Bathing in the red, blue, green. I'm learning how to think. Learning how to shake that thing. Learning how the grown ups dream. The friends you make, it on the screen. You had to be to be